find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome to New Reflections. Thanks for listening in. We've got a great show this week. This week we're talking about butt augmentation. The show is called Bringing Up the Rear. We've got three experts who are going to talk with us about butt augmentation. And uh, to start off with, let's, let's talk a little bit about making the butt bigger. Of course, Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Lopez have made this a hot topic. It, it's really brought the butt to the front of people's minds. In fact, there's a, a thought that maybe butts are the new boobs, where butt augmentation is becoming so popular, it's becoming as popular potentially as breast augmentation in certain areas. Certainly down here in South Florida, it's something that's on display a lot and people are very concerned. We're seeing more and more patients looking for buttock augmentation. In fact, nationwide, this procedure is 40% more popular since the year 2009. Now, we've seen all kinds of trends in this area. It started out in 1969 where someone, uh, Dr. R.J. Bartles, actually, put in breast implants or something like a breast implant to create a bigger butt. And, of course, that didn't work out too well. Uh, but there have been advances since then. There have been lots of different implants tried, implants put in different positions inside the butt. And lately, the latest advance is using fat for buttock augmentation. And we use fat all the time now. It's probably the most common and most popular method for making the butt a little bigger. We've even seen padded jeans. We've seen clothing that's taken this trend and put pads into it to accentuate the shape and the size of the buttocks. So this has definitely become something that is real popular in, in Miami and throughout the world. It's certainly very popular in South America and Central America as well. And I'd say throughout the world, the majority of these procedures are being done with fat transfer. Fat transfer basically is the process that is what it sounds like. You do liposuction in different areas of the body, and you prepare the fat, and then transfer it to the buttocks. In fact, fat transfer can be done all over the body, uh, and we've used it in the breast, we use it in the face all the time, and of course in the buttocks frequently. And that's, again, the most popular way to achieve a butt augmentation. So the basic process again, you're doing liposuction and using the fat that we remove 
There are various techniques of how you prepare the fat, but it is your own fat. Now, we get a lot of questions about people that want to donate and give fat for us to use for other people or, or people that perhaps don't have enough fat for transfer to do a butt augmentation, and they want to see if maybe they can use fat from somebody else. And that, to my knowledge, has never been done and really couldn't be done because uh, you, it's sort of like doing a, a transplant. And it just simply wouldn't work. And there has been some controversy with the fat transfer to the butt. The fat transfer to the butt has been uh, accused of not working or not working well. And that certainly hasn't been my experience. But today we're going to talk with three other experts. And we'll get the consensus from everybody, see what everyone thinks about this process. And you do lose some of the fat when you do this transfer. And we'll talk about that in a little while. But when you do... Butt augmentation with fat transfer, you absolutely get a beautiful, natural, lasting result, and it does last. We're going to be talking with three different experts. We're going to be talking with Dr. Thomas Roberts, who is one of the earliest adapters of fat grafting to the butt. We're going to be talking with Tino Mendieta, who is lecturing worldwide about butt augmentation and has even recently published a textbook on butt augmentation. And we're going to be talking with Dr. Shlomo Witter. Dr. Witter is an expert in butt implants, and we'd be talking to him about the contrast between fat transfer and implants. And we've got a lot on the table to talk about with butt augmentation. Now, one of the things that you need to consider, of course, if you're thinking about having this done, is make sure that you go to a properly board-certified plastic surgeon. And this is a, potentially a dangerous procedure. And you, we've all heard in the news about people that have problems with butt injections. Be careful about butt injections. We're, we're going to talk with our experts about this, but there have been all sorts of materials used. People have used paraffin, which is a type of wax, used silicone, used uh, all sorts of uh, different substances, the stuff called PMMA or polymethylmethacrylate. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the differences in these materials and why it's bad. I know in my practice, I've seen a few patients who have had silicone and other things injected, and sometimes you can improve it, and sometimes you can't. And a, a reason that this is being done is that doing this properly with a board-certified plastic surgeon, a plastic surgeon certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, is not inexpensive. It does cost a few thousand dollars, and you're going to be safer saving up and spending your money. If this is something that you'd like to do, something that is important to you, you're better off saving up and spending your money and getting it done by a properly trained, experienced, certified surgeon. The temptation is to go to places that are much cheaper, and sometimes you, you don't really get what you thought you're going to get. You, know, you go for a bargain, and you end up getting more than you bargained for. Well, we're going to talk about that a little later in the show, but this is, it's really important that you're careful about these type of procedures because there have been horrible complications. And a little later in the show, we'll talk about a Miss Argentina who died after having one of these procedures performed. And, and we're not talking about fat transfer in most cases. We're talking about butt injections with foreign material. We'll, we'll talk about that. Let's get into fat grafting. That is the modern technique for augmenting the butt. And I'd like to introduce our first guest, our first guest is Dr. Thomas Roberts. Dr. Roberts is a board-certified plastic surgeon, and he's one of the first adapters of fat grafting to the butt, and we're really grateful to have him on the show. Dr. Roberts, welcome to New Reflections. 
Good morning. Thank you. Oh, good morning. Thanks for coming and joining us. When when did fat grafting start? Because butt augmentation really started with implants, and there are a variety of implants. But when did fat begin for you? Well, you know, it's interesting. The uh, the first thing that we did uh, was in the face. We used uh, fat grafting for the face, and uh, I've been doing that about probably six or seven years. When my <laughs> secretary came to me and said, "You know." Uh, Dr. Roberts, I'd really like to have some liposuction here, and uh, could you take this and put it in my butt? And I said, well, let me think about that. <laughs> and we've been doing that for a while, and so I said, you know, I really don't see any reason why we couldn't do that. It's got a good blood supply, and uh, so uh, we planned the first procedure, and I thought, you know, a certain amount would be enough, maybe, uh, you know, a pint and a half, something like that, of fatty tissue, and so I... I harvested that and and uh, I grafted it with the blunt cannula into a blunt tube into one of the buttocks and there was hardly any difference. I said, "Gee, you know, uh, I have to uh, have to put all of this here, and next time we'll just have to take it and put it on the other side." So she had one nice rounded buttocks for a, a few weeks until we got the other one done, and she was sort of her own before and after, and that was the beginning of it. That's uh, probably about uh, twelve years ago or so. And since that time, we've done about 600 of these, and there's, it's really evolved into a reliable, safe procedure, but it is technique-dependent. Um, it is not just, uh, you know, uh, take a machine, suck fat out, and, and inject it back in because the survival will be very poor. Uh, and we see a lot of that, unfortunately. Uh, it, there's a lot of nuances to it that's important to use uh the right technique to cut down the chance of infection and to uh, really understand the shape of the female buttocks, which is a whole other topic. Sure, um, sure. But, the, but now, so the first, the first procedure that you did, of course, on one of your employees. At night, when you did that, you just you just did what you were saying. You, you suctioned the fat out and then transferred it back in, and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, it did. Um, and then as I began doing more of these, I began realizing, you know, it wasn't just quite as simple as that. And, uh, you know, it's near the anus, so infection was a problem early on, and we worked and worked and worked on that. And um, we actually developed um, uh, the concept of putting uh, a, a strong concentration of antibiotics in the fat once it was harvested and processed so it would incubate, sit in that antibiotic solution and get a very high concentration, which you couldn't give to the body because there are sensitive organs like the ears and the kidneys and so forth, but the fat just does find that. And then you've got uh, little fat cells preloaded with antibiotic, and so uh, it cuts down the chance of infection dramatically. And now it's at the rate of any normal procedure, gallbladder or hernia operation. So that's that's uh, come a long way, and... Um, that's sort of the mechanical part of it. The other part is that if too high of acum is used, it explodes the fat cells. They look okay, but they don't live. And so regular liposuction creates too high of acum. You have to be a much more gentle liposuction vacuum to get a long-lasting result. So all sorts of things uh, came out over time as we tried to figure out how to get the very best results. And then, like I said, the other part is figuring out the shape. Right, right. Well, now... We were talking about implants and fat. Of course, I think you and I both agree that fat is just better than implants. I think it allows you to do more things, and it's a much more natural-looking result. Uh, what are your thoughts about fat versus implant? Well, you know, 
uh, there is a role for implants. And the woman who's extremely thin and just can't gain weight despite, you know, drinking 10 cans of insure a day and whatever else. Um, and a lot of times the uh, Asian women have a hard time getting enough extra fat on board to uh, do that, or just women who are physically fit and athletic. And in that situation, uh, in a healthy person who's not a smoker, not a diabetic, uh, implants can do really well. Uh, the, the limitation is um, you can only really add fullness to the, the sort of kind of kicks backwards. You can't add any fullness around the side or around the hip with implants. It just doesn't go there. Uh, and I'll give a lot of credit to uh, Tino Mendieta, who's going to be speaking later, I think, on your show. Uh, Tino really worked hard in, in uh, perfecting uh, technique for putting implants in, and we've exchanged information since that time, and uh, it's been a delightful interplay between the two of us, and it's, uh, it's enabled us to do implants safely when it's indicated. But still, for both of us, our preference, if enough fat's available, would be fat grafting. Yeah, and I think that's true pretty much nationwide. I think that that's pretty the, the, the consensus is that fat allows you to shape things better. You can put it where you want it and, and really sculpt things, and that's the main advantage of fat. Besides, I'm kind of a naturalist. I like to use natural tissue when you can. Absolutely, so, absolutely. You know, it's the ultimate recycling. You know, stuff you would have thrown away a liposuction, we recycle it and do a really total female body recontouring. Absolutely, absolutely, and you get the benefit of a liposuction at the same time. So, so it's kind of a double benefit in that procedure. We're going to exactly. take a brief break right now. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Dr. Thomas Roberts about butt augmentation. We'll be right back after a brief message here on New Reflections. Network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. 
ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein, and I'm here with Dr. Thomas Roberts, and we're talking about butt augmentation. So what we're talking about now is fat transfer, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the patient experience. You know, someone decides, you know, I'd like to have a, a bigger butt, a rounder butt, nicer shape. They come, and they decide they're going to have the procedure done. Now, the day of surgery, how long is this procedure in your hands? You know, it takes. It depends on how complex uh, the problem is. Some women are totally flat. Some have big divots, uh, uh, a lot of dimpling and depression. So, and some have had liposuction already. So that makes it longer. And it, it can be anywhere from about two and a half to uh, oh, five or six hours if it's a complicated case. Wow, that could take quite a time. But you know, on the average case, first time operation, you'd say about two and a half, three hours. Somewhere in that range, uh, but again, some women just want a little bit, some want a tremendous amount of augmentation, and so uh, depending on the ethnic group, uh, it really uh, varies with that. It's, uh, it's a, uh, it takes a fair amount of work to, to take out the fat. Remember, we're also sculpting the body at the same time, so we're not just taking it out and putting it in a jar. We're actually trying to really sculpt a beautiful shape in by taking away the low back at that inward sweep of the low back area, inward sweep so the hips come out and... It's uh, it's uh, that's uh, half the artwork is the uh, the sculpting as we take it out. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think as one of the things I've actually talked to with Dr. Mendieta about in the past, and we'll get his take on it in a little bit. I think that you're getting as much benefit from the liposuction and sculpting of the surrounding areas as you are the actual augmentation of the buttocks. That's true. Some women, in fact, don't really need but just a little bit of augmentation, but mostly they need sculpting. If they have a very thick waist, especially a real thick fat pad around the low back area, we can sculpt that out and make it look very, very feminine without even doing a buttocks augmentation. And to really tell that, though, we have to really see the patient because looking at a photograph, you can't tell if that's bony or if it's fatty tissue in the back there and, and so forth, and that limits it. But you're absolutely right. It's a great advantage because the two really complement each other. You know, the itty-bitty waist and the round thing in your face thing, that's, uh, that's, uh, they go together. And that's what the waist-to-hip ratio is, too. When the buttocks are about 1.4 times the circumference of the waist, that's what every culture in the world now, literally, even going back to ancient Rome, seems is the ideal shape. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. Now, recovery time, what do you tell your patients? What should they expect? How long is the recovery? 
Well, they have to be realistic about this. It's not open heart surgery. It's you know anesthesia with with some uh, tumescent solution used, the fluid we put in ahead of time to make them more comfortable and cut down the bleeding. And but still, they feel kind of. Sometimes, if it's a lot of work, or if they got previous lipo and a lot of scar tissue, you may be, feel kind of puny for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, I have to be realistic about that. And after, but we do this as an outpatient. I'm mean, having said that, as an outpatient, as long as there's a good caregiver there, go home with them. We have those available that are experienced and know what to do to make a life uh, good for these ladies when they go back to the hotel room or back to the uh, overnight facility. So I'd like to have them stay around in town for about, we're in South Carolina, and I, I just want to have them there. We can watch them and check on them for a, about a week. And that way I know that if they're past that, they're pretty much over the hump, and I know they're going to do well. Yeah, that, I agree. When I have patients that fly in for surgery, for this particular procedure, I like to have them, uh, you know, a week I think is adequate because I think once they're over the hump the first couple of days and they're doing okay and moving around well, then they're, they're more or less out of the woods and it's just a matter of waiting for every, all the swelling to go down and the shape to come. But what about cost? In your practice, what does it cost if someone wants to come and have it? On average, obviously there's variability, but first time surgery, never had anything done before. On average, what's the approximate cost? Well, you know, uh, like all things, plastic surgery is sensitive to the recession, and we've tried to you know, to put our price point, which is accessible to people. And, you know, the other thing that happened was when the credit crunch came, a lot of the, uh, younger gals had been uh, financing their surgery, and so that kind of dried up. So I would say to answer your question, you're looking at somewhere between, uh, oh, uh, um, Ten and sixteen thousand, more or less, as a as a starting point. And then you know, if there's complicating factors, it might make a difference. But um, it's it's uh, it seems to be in a, in a range that people can uh, deal with, and they're getting a lot for the money. They're getting, like I say, a total body makeover, if you will. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really two operations in one when you consider the body sculpting and the fat. But mm-hmm. now, let me bring on our next guest, and we can see what his. Uh, point of view is. We've got uh, Dr. Tino Mendieta, Constantino Mendieta, who's a board-certified plastic surgeon. And uh, Dr. Mendieta presents all over the world uh, his techniques and his thoughts on butt augmentation and recently published a textbook on butt augmentation. Dr. Mendieta, welcome to New Reflections. Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm great. It's great to have you on the show. And we've got Dr. Yeah, Roberts. Hey, Dr. Roberts. How are you? Tino, good morning. Good morning. Or good afternoon, morning. I guess it is now. <laughs> I know. You ain't kidding. Um, Tino, we've been talking about what, Adam? We've been talking about uh, butt augmentation all morning, and of course, that's what it's the topic of the day. And you know, that is uh, the bulk of your practice. You're doing lots of fat grafting and and some implants, really mostly fat grafting. Why do you think so many people, and certainly down here in Miami, I know you and I see a good number of folks that come in interested in this. Why do you think this is becoming so popular? I think it really started about ten years ago, and like and like fashion or any style type of industry um, or beauty type of industry, it's influenced tremendously by um, celebrities. And I think about 10 years ago, Jennifer Lopez came out in a green see-through dress and people were just fell in love with her curves, they fell in love with the proportions in the body. Um, and people started inquiring about how they could obtain something like that. And really the field of uh, gluteal contouring was quite void. There was absolutely nothing in our literature. You know, it's funny It's funny you say that. Even today, with all the popularity, if you go online, you don't really find any definitive sources. All you really find are doctors' websites or the like, and, you know, even Wikipedia barely has anything on 
butt augmentation or gluteal augmentation, whether you're calling it the Brazilian butt lift or you're calling it fat transfer to the butt or gluteoplasty or any of that. There's really very little information. So as popular as it is, it really still is in its infancy. Oh, there's no question it's in its infancy. And I think the biggest misconception that people have had throughout the world is that whenever you say buttock augmentation, they immediately think of size and they think that it's all about turning the buttock into something bigger. But really, I think one of the uh, pioneers and one of the forefront thinkers has been uh, Dr. Roberts in terms of trying to identify more ideal aesthetics and ideal relationships in the body, trying to get that 0.7 ratio between waist and the hip. Um, and but people focus so much on the size that it's deterred many people from even pursuing the procedure, but it's not about size, it's about shape and contour. So it's very, it's a very, very artistic procedure, even more so than breast augmentation, because in an augmentation, you're just making whatever is existing bigger. In the buttock, you have the ability to really reshape, recontour, resize, and do much more with the buttock than you can even with the breast. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and we were just talking about that, and Dr. Roberts was making the same point, that this is really a, a multifaceted procedure, Where and we were talking, I know, Tino, you and I have talked about this, the sculpting does as much or more for the end result than the augmentation. Oh, no question. I think just by learning how to contour the surrounding frame, it's, it was Michelangelo who said uh, when they asked him, how did you create David? And he said, I just took away everything that it was that wasn't him. Um, <laughs> and that's the same thing with the buttock. Really, you're taking away everything that's not the buttock, and, and in doing so, you're, you're really emphasizing the gluteal zone. But, you know, advances in medicine aren't made by individuals. They're made in blocks and building blocks. And, and, and frankly, Dr. Roberts was one of the first to really start to bring out uh, fat grafting in terms of uh, how to reshape, how to augment the buttock, and, and started using larger volumes than most people around the world were using. And I think that started to make more of a, a, a tremendous impact. Um, where I started taking things a little bit differently was in trying to evaluate the cosmetics or the aesthetics of the buttock, which hadn't been looked at ever. And uh, I think, uh, again, by building blocks, you know, you take the teacher and the, and the student starts to add a few things to the teacher. Uh, principles and philosophies in medicine starts to advance. And uh, I think we owe a great deal to Dr. Roberts, really, for, for this zone. Well, we just heard the story about how it all started. Now, thinking about moving forward, new techniques. Tell me what's new in the world of butt augmentation. I think where you're seeing a lot of the, first of all, there's very little known about fat, uh, and there's a tremendous amount of research going on about stem cells and fat. Um, so I think what's going to be happening is you're going to, we're going to start to learn more about how cell functions, how cells work, how we can maintain higher percentages of fat survival. There's new collection devices that are developing in terms of how to best harvest the fat. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of technology revolving around fat grafting, and it's going to be in terms of the collection, in terms of the ejection, and in terms of the harvesting. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of our advances made. But what's interesting is that, you know, while we all have an average of about 70 to 80% retention of the fat, there certainly are some patients that lose a lot more than others. And I think understanding that physiology as to why some will, learn, will lose more than others uh, is where a lot of our research will be based on. And I think that's where you'll see some of the advances coming in, but there's very little understood about it yet. Well, now, you touched on something that is one of the, the main criticisms of fat transfer is that you lose a bunch of it. And I've seen in the literature things quoted anywhere from 30 to 70% loss. And I, and I think you're right. In, in my experience, having done a number of these and, and looking at my results, I'd say I probably would average about 30% uh, 20 to 30% loss. I'm looking at maybe 60, 70%, but then there are those patients where almost everything seems to stay, and we don't know why that's the case. What Your experience, what do you think your average retention is, Dr. Mendieta? I'd say it's about 70% around and, 
Uh, but Dr. it depends on where you're injecting. Like, if you're injecting it, you've got to remember that the gluteal muscle is probably the richest in blood supply of any muscle in the body. And mm-hmm. I think if you're injecting in there, you're going to have about a 70% retention rate. If you're just injecting into fat zones uh, where the circulation is not as great, the blood supply is not as great, you might have about a 60% survival rate or 50. Like in the breast, I'll get about a 40 to 50% survival rate. In the buttock, I'll get about a 70 to 80%. And Dr. Roberts, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think there's, I totally agree with Tino. There, there are two things that I think uh, are crucial. This, this isn't something we just take a square blob of it in. You have to put it in drop by drop, literally, so each little cluster of fat cells can pick up a blood supply from the tissue around it. And the folks that do it in a racetrack and say they can do it in an hour, hour and a half are just squirting it in. And that'll be maybe 20% will survive long term. And I, Tino and I see those patients later on and try to put them back together again. But the the other thing is that um, it, when you take uh, fat or just suctioning and you use the normal vacuums that we use for liposuction, you if you watch in the cylinder in the at the fat, it looks like it's bubbling. And what's happening? It's uh, similar to what happens when a diver goes comes back up too fast. The nitrogen and oxygen that's dissolved in all this tissue bubbles out, and then it, it, it what's happening is it's literally rupturing the fat cells. So they look okay, but they just aren't alive anymore. And so after three months or so, most of it's gone. So by keeping the vacuum at the safe level, which is lower than any liposuction machine, um, and then using tiny droplets, it takes longer to do that. Uh, and that's why, you know, it's, it's just not a rush job. But you'll have something that's not there six months or 12 months from now. So what do you think your average retention is using your techniques? Um, I would agree with Tino in the muscle. It's probably uh, 70, 80, sometimes 90%. Uh, in the fatty tissue along the, for example, if somebody wants some fullness in the outer thighs, uh, the hip area, uh, that, as Tino said, that's only fat. There's nothing that has a rich blood supply. So there you have to be even more careful. Use smaller particles and just drop by drop by drop. And then we can get pretty darn reliable uh, survival there, too, I would say, you know, 70, 80, occasionally 90 percent. Uh, so, so it sounds like it sounds like even in the worst case scenario, we're looking at you know done done with good technique. I think we're looking at 70 percent. I think we all agree that we're seeing at least 70 percent survival when done properly, which is pretty yeah, promising. Right. You, you, that first part of your sentence is the most important. If it's done correctly, yeah, I agree with that. to speed things hey. up. And we'll talk about the wrong way to do it and why people are having uh, some problems in just a bit. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about buttock augmentation with Dr. Thomas Roberts and Dr. Tino Mendieta right here on New Reflections. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to New Reflections. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein. I'm here with Drs. Thomas Roberts and Dr. Constantino Mendieta, and we're talking about butt augmentation. Now, we've been talking about all the different uh, recovery methods, the retention, the theory behind it, shaping everything. It sounds like a terrific procedure, but is it good for everyone? Are there limitations? Who would not be a good candidate for fat transfer, Dr. Mendieta? I got to tell you, this is a, a universal procedure for me. I mean, first of all, if you look at cultures, cost culturally, uh, I'd say about thirty to forty percent are Afro Americans, uh, Caucasians, Hispanics. It's not just a Hispanic procedure. I mean, everyone, because everybody can benefit from gluteal contouring. Uh, there's very, very little people that wouldn't. I think precluding medical conditions that would uh, uh, make you not have any type of surgery. Um, I've even taken patients that are extremely overweight. Uh, but I'm limiting the amount of fat that I can extract. In Florida, we can only remove four liters of pure fat, and that makes the procedure very, very safe. Um, but it's all about recontouring and reshaping the buttock. It's not about making it bigger. So even people that have what they consider to be a big buttock, the fat's usually maldistributed. It may not have a very square shape to them, or the fat's in the wrong places. And so with this procedure, you're able to reshape, recontour. And so uh, there's very, very, very few people that um, are not candidates. I think if you were to ask women... How many would like to have a bigger buttock? The answer might be low, but if you ask them, would you like to have a shapely, prettier, perkier buttock that's been rejuvenated, uplifted, and looks fantastic in clothes, I think it'd be almost a universal yes. Yeah, I think that's probably true, but what would you say to the patient that comes in that's uh, you know, your typical model type, maybe 5'9", five, 5'10", uh, they weigh slightly over 100 pounds, and don't really have excess fat to find for transfer? Uh, th- those cases are very, very difficult, and you're absolutely right. Um, in those cases, you're limited more to implant if they want to have size. Uh, many times, one of the tricks that Tom Roberts taught me, um, he's taught me several, but one of them was if they were too skinny is to gain weight. And, uh, you know, he suggested gaining, you know, 10 to 20 pounds of fat. But there are certain people that just can't gain the weight and can't have it done. And obviously, those patients, you couldn't do anything other than implant so, Dr. Roberts, if you have a patient that's too thin, and you know, someone, if I have a listener out there, someone who's just, you know, like, I'd love to have this done, but I'm so thin, I can't, there's no way they're going to get enough fat, 
what sort of a regimen would you tell them? How do you how do you have them gain the weight? Well, first of all, the runaway model you described is probably not going to be willing to gain weight <laughs> and lose three months of her career doing it. But uh, for many women, it's an option because, remember, you're going to be taking away what they don't like as a result of weight gain. Everywhere they gain excess weight, we're going to be taking almost all that away. And so uh, we can really end up with a, a better shape if they will gain the weight. And they, they can't do it two weeks before surgery. They have to plan ahead right. of time. But we really, you know, if a woman is sort of in between, you can, and I have done this, uh, uh, use implants and then enhance areas that they want. For example, if it's a Hispanic or an African-American woman, they want fullness in the hips, can't get that with an implant. But you take the little fat they have uh, and, and do the hips with that, and then at the same time put the implant in and give them that kick and backwards, a little posterior projection. And uh, that works well. You know, you, you said something else a little bit earlier about how why is this getting more popular. I think you have to realize for uh, thousands of years there have been women with buttocks that aren't very attractive, uh, whereas breast implants have been around and active for about 40 years. It's never been available. So there's a huge reservoir of women who don't love their shape or their buttocks but just didn't know anything could be done before. And now that the word's kind of finally getting out, that's one of the reasons we see such a high demand. Yeah, that's probably true. It's a very good point. But now we've discussed there are going to be patients where simply not having enough fat is is the reality, and using implants, whether you use it with the fat for accentuation in different areas or simply using implants is the answer. So I'd like to take a moment and introduce my next guest. We've got, got Dr. Shlomo Witter, who's also a board-certified plastic surgeon, and he is an expert in butt implants. So, Dr. Witter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Rubenstein. Well, it's great to have you on the show. We've been discussing fat transfer throughout the show up to this point, and now we're getting to the point where, you know, there is a limitation on fat transfer because if you don't have the fat, you got nothing to transfer. So we are just discussing it, and, and Dr. Roberts was talking about using implants along with fat transfer. Let's talk about just using implants. The implants have started about, uh, it was about 40 years ago as an option, and they've changed a lot over the years. Tell me a little bit about the, the type of implants that you're using and how you're deciding when you're going to use a butt implant. Well, you know, there the are different uh, types of um, uh, buttock implants. Uh, <clears throat> you have the uh, uh, textured implant, and you have the uh, silicone gel implant, and then you have the uh, soft implants, which I use. I don't know if I'm uh, supposed to uh, mention names of uh, uh, companies that manufacture them, but I oh, it, it doesn't. Yeah, that, that's okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can mention whatever you like. Oh, okay. Well, the company that I use is ART. They make a, um, a teardrop shape uh, implant, which is um, um, uh, thicker towards the, uh, the lower part of the buttock, and mm -hmm. it's wide enough. So I'm also getting the uh, the width that the patient is looking for. Okay, and now are these custom design implants, or you just have various sizes and you're choosing it based upon the patient? Right. Well, um, the the average uh, patient who uh, wants to have the buttock augmentation with, the, with an implant, uh, it's a kind of a standard um, uh, size um, or standard shape implant, and the uh, uh, the amount of um, silicone varies um, according to the uh, to the amount of um, uh, enlargement that they want to. Uh, but at times, you have to um, make a, a special implant because if a patient wants to have uh, a larger um, uh, enlargement of the buttock uh, than the, uh, the average increase, then 
they get a special, uh, specially made uh, implant. All right, and so this is to a certain extent customized to the patient. You're of course choosing them, but the reason that people went to fat transfer and it's become more popular than implants, I think, is because it's more natural. And I think there's been some typical problems with blood augmentation using implants. Can you talk about what some of the typical complications might be? Well, um, Dr. Rubinson, you know that uh, there's no procedure that doesn't have uh, some kind of uh, complication. Um, the, the complication rate with, with the way I do the buttock uh, augmentation is, is kind of low, but... Uh, uh, you might have uh, infection because you have to. Uh, you, you work in an area that is not um, uh, as clean as the other areas of the body. Sure. And you have to naturally uh, make sure that you clean the area, cleanse the area very well to uh, mm-hmm. prevent the infection. Put them in antibiotics. Uh, but still, from time to time, you get uh, um, an infection, and that might be because of the uh, immune status of the patient or. Uh, Sure. Well, you know, infection can happen, as you said. You know, there are complications in every procedure, so infection can happen with anything. And certainly, we were talking at the beginning of the show that one of the early limiting factors of of fat transfer was having some infectious complications. And we've all seen infections in every procedure that we do on occasion. Otherwise, you're not doing enough surgery because you're eventually going to see those things. So, I mean, infection, bleeding like hematoma or a seroma, buildup of fluid, these are things we can see with any operation. And, and including fat transfer, but there are certain things that are typical to the implants. You know, for example, uh, having it shift out of position, what we would call malposition, uh, having it extrude, uh, you know, those type of things, pressure on the nerves. Of course, someone like you who's got tremendous experience in putting this in, I and mean, all the experts in the panel that have experience putting in implants can do it with a lower complication rate than your average doctor that, that may dabble in this procedure and maybe doesn't have the experience you have. But I think one of the reasons, and the reason I asked the question, one of the reasons I think that fat transfer has become far more popular, I mean, for one, I think it's just a more natural looking and feeling result. Number two, the complications with the implants just wouldn't happen, and you can't get extrusion of the fat. You, you The fat will never compress any nerves and cause pain. So right. I think... That, I think, is one of the reasons it's been, uh, it has been an advantage for fat transfer. But I wouldn't, uh, you know, for those patients, we were talking about these very thin patients don't have enough fat, and I, we've all seen them, uh, patients who simply can't create any type of real augmentation uh, on those patients, and implants are really the only option. So I think there's still a, a good role for using implants. Right, and, uh, well, you know, the, the, uh, the complication that you mentioned like the uh, pressure on the nerves. I mean, that depends really on the technique. There are um, uh, procedures that are being done under the muscle, and there are procedures that are done under the fascia. My, uh, the, the, my technique is under the fascia, so the likelihood of putting pressure on the uh, nerves is extremely low because you have the thickness of the muscle that protects the nerve. Well, that's uh, true. And just, just to make it clear for the listeners, what we're talking about, when you put a, a butt implant in, there are different places that you can put it. You know, you can make an incision and just stick it under the skin, which is definitely not recommended. You can put it uh, under the muscle, and there's many layers of muscle in the buttocks, so that you can slide this between two layers of the muscle, and it, it can be there. And then what we're talking about now is there's a thick layer of tissue that's like the wrapping of a muscle. It's called fascia. And you can peel that up off the outer layer of the muscle and put the implant under the fascia, so that it's protected from the actual natural fat of the buttocks and on top of the muscle, so it is separated from the nerves that we're talking about. So there's certainly an advantage to that that subfascial technique. 
I'm sorry, yeah. Sadie, I didn't hear the question. I, I think no, I didn't say it's a question. I'm just saying I think there's an advantage to uh, putting those those implants in the subfascial space. I think that that's a right. Good place. But, yeah, and the advantage is that when you put it on the muscle, you're limited um, uh, as far as the uh, size of the implant because you have to be above the uh, the nerve, the sciatica nerve. And right. when, you, when you go under the fascia, you can go literally all the way down to the crease. So, so you can make, you know, you can use, more hmm? Yeah, you can use much larger implants and get exactly. even more projection. Yeah, and you can enlarge it in uh, the area that uh, the patient is looking for, either the upper part or the lower part. That You can dissect uh, low down to the crease, so you can stay above it, so it will increase only the upper part of the, uh, of the buttock. So you, it gives you... Um, versatility as far as the uh, the location of the implant. Also, as far as displacement, uh, I mark the uh, the uh, implant uh, uh, shape before surgery, and I try to stay within those uh, parameters of the uh, demarcation. So, so with good the, technique, the and just by limiting your by limiting your pocket, you're trying to get away from the uh, the exactly. ability of the implant to move around. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, I think you know. I think we we certainly know that implants and fat transfer are both good, and we're hearing now good options for buttock augmentation chosen for the right patient and the right use. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some other details about buttock augmentation. We'll talk about uh, things like cellulite, and talking about a butt lift, and we'll talk about some of the controversial stuff like artificial things being injected into the buttock. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back talking with Dr. Shlomo Witter, Dr. Constantino Mendiera, and Dr. Thomas Roberts. In just a moment, back here on New Reflections. Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. Today, this week's show is Bringing Up the Rear, and we're talking about buttock augmentation. And I'm here with three board-certified plastic surgeons, and we're talking about the various techniques. We just finished a discussion about using the implants, and we've been talking about using fat transfer. This procedure is commonly known, you know, we talk about fat transfer, is commonly known as a Brazilian butt lift. And sometimes just having an implant, people will call it getting a butt lift. In my estimation, we're not really lifting anything, and sometimes you get the illusion of it, but it's not really a lift. What are your thoughts on calling this a butt lift, Dr. Roberts? Well, you know, uh, that's a distinction that uh, actually exists. Uh, the folks in the West Coast uh, are not keen on doing such big procedures with complications and having to worry about the patients postoperatively, so they only use about literally... Um, I say a third of the amount that Tino and I would use, and they put it just in the bottom. If you actually put it just at the crease and and, and uh, do it with a, a certain technique and then free it up a bit, you actually get the illusion of a lift because it actually pushes up. Uh, there's no skin tightening like the, the old classical because that's a horrible scar. But the, you can get a little lift if it's done correctly. So the concept of the Brazilian butt lift is really putting a small amount fat just in the bottom just to kick it out a little bit but it doesn't give the kind of fullness and the uh, projection that most women want but for the person who wants just a real conservative technique or has a little bit of droop back there it works really well now talking about cellulite you know patients come in uh, and they'll frequently ask me i'm sure that they're asking you you know if we're going to have this done is this going to do anything for my cellulite what's your answer to that dr mendieta Fat grafting to the buttock is an extraordinarily natural procedure. You're taking your own body substance and just reshifting it, and it tends to feel very, very natural, barring the fact that you might get a little fat necrosis. If you do, then it might feel like a little, uh, little hardness in the buttock, but that's extraordinarily rare. My opinion has, or in my experience, I haven't seen this uh, get rid of cellulite at all. I mean, those lumps and bumps still will persist. Those irregularities will persist. Uh, I haven't seen it cause it either. Um, so it doesn't address, in my opinion, cellulite whatsoever. Yeah, I think I, I would agree. Uh, you know, I think that this cellulite is something that relates to the natural anatomy. You, you either have it or you don't. And if you have it, there really are very few options to improve it even a little bit. And this is not one of them. I think that the important thing, as you said, Dr. Mendieta, it doesn't cause it and it doesn't improve it. It's really not intended for cellulite. So the one thing you will not get. polite dissent, if I may. It's Tom Roberts. Sure. sure. That is so frustrating in the buttocks because a lot of women have a lot of dimpling in the buttocks. And um, if you try to figure out what that is, I, I think it's the closest um, way to describe that is like the old blue and white mattresses that had buttons that pulled them in together. It's called ticking. And I think each place you see a dimple, there is a band of gristle or fascia that tethers the skin down to the muscle underneath it. And uh, I developed a little device, a little instrument which enables me to free that up and it's revolutionized what I can do 
for women who have dimples or flat, or even the flat segments of the buttocks. And if you see an area that's flat, I mean, truly flat, not around, 100% chance if you don't do that, it's going to remain flattish or squarish. But it's, uh, again, everything in medicine is a double-edged sword. And if you overdo it, you can get too much loosening, you can get uh, uh, some distortion of the shape. But when it's done right, it took me... <laughs> Uh, a while to figure out what right means, but you can release it just very carefully so that always some fibers remain to keep it exactly where you want it. You produce a beautiful rounded shape where there's been dimples and cellulite before. I don't think it's a treatment for cellulite by itself, and you, you first have to graft the maximum amount that you need uh, so you have pressure. But even if you have a beautiful buttock, uh, at the end of surgery, if they had these bands and that release, when the when the pressure of the fluid goes down in a month or three months, that flat area will reappear, and it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, if you if you release this very conservatively with this device, you can really get a nice round shape. Uh, but it's it's very very technique dependent. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's a good concept. You know, to me, the cellulite really what it is is exactly what you're talking about. I think of it more as like a parachute effect where you have these strands holding the parachute, and that's what makes the shape of the parachute. So if you had a various strings pulling the central part of the parachute, you'd get these dimples the same way. And I can understand how releasing that would make an improvement. Yeah, I there, yes. if, if I may uh, say something, I mean, sure. you, you really have two types of uh, cellulite. You have the, the pot orange, those dimpling, and those are very difficult to uh, correct, and uh, what Dr. Roberts just mentioned, that might be a great way to uh, solve it. But there is the cellulite that is uh, due to... Um, the uh, laxity of the skin, and then if you fill it up, you uh, tighten the skin, and that improves on that uh, type of uh, yeah. cellulite. I think also, you can. I think that's true. Also, I think you can, as far as uh -huh. the um, uh, buttock lift, there is a, a component of the lifting because I think about uh, breast augmentation. When you put an implant in the uh, uh, in the breast, the, the uh, droopy, the little droopy uh, uh, breast, you get some elevation of the uh, nipples. So the same, yeah. the same thing with the buttock. When, when women uh, either uh, lose weight or, or they have uh, skin laxity, when you fill it up either by fat or by, by, with an implant, you will get uh, uh, some kind of lifting effect, which I think that's the reason why originally they, they uh, phrased it as a buttock lift. Well, I think you're probably right, but I, I think we'd also all agree that it's not really a lift. What you're looking at is a deflated portion of tissue that when you fill it with the right amount of volume, it just it, it just looks better, and so it gives an illusion of a lift because it was really not it, what the, the sagging was related to loss of volume. It wasn't really a shift of everything downward. So by you know adding it, you're not really lifting it, but you are giving that illusion. Yeah. There's something that, there's something that I think we, we should get to before the show closes, and we're coming up to the close in just a few minutes. There are two very well known cases uh, in the recent past of. Beautiful, famous women. The, probably the most famous was uh, uh, Solange uh, Magnano, who was, uh, in 1994, she was Miss Argentina. And this was in Buenos Aires. She had PMMA, or polymethylmethacrylate liquid injections, for buttock augmentation. And this was in 2009 that she had that done in Buenos Aires, and she died. And there's another case of a patient by the name of Claudia uh, Aderatimi, 20-year-old model and actress from London who came to Philadelphia and in a hotel room had something injected into her butt and died. And that was in February of 2011. I think we should make a, a, an important statement. You know, I'm sure we all see these people. These artificial injections are not safe and they're not recommended, though they're much less expensive than surgery. You're really taking your life in your hands, potentially, having these things done. And we see these things advertised on the Internet. 
at ridiculously low rates in Mexico and other areas of Central and South America. Be careful about thinking and having that uh, that done. It really is not safe. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Also, I think that uh, the, uh, the at least the case in Philadelphia was done by a non-board certified plastic surgeon. That's true, and, and frequently, and we see this in Miami, they're not even done by doctors of any kind. These are people that have mason jars filled with artificial materials, sometimes silicone and, and others, that just freely inject it into the butt. So this is not a recommended thing. Don't take your life in your hands. Stay with properly board-certified plastic surgeons who are certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Just like my three guests, and I want to thank everybody for coming to the show. I've got Dr. Thomas Roberts and Dr. Tino Mendiera and Dr. Shlomo Witter, all experts in buttock augmentation. I invite you to look them up if you're in their area. I'm thinking about having buttock augmentation. We've had a great show. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. This has been New Reflections. And next week, please join me again, 12 to 1 Eastern Time, 9 to 10 Pacific, when we're going to have a panel discussing all the various myths in plastic surgery. Join us next week on New Reflections for Plastic Surgery Mythbusters. See you next week on New Reflections. We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you.